0: going <laughs> out there in internet land where you're probably reading the, reading you're probably listening to this on a car or in bed on a car or while you're pooping
1: i like to think they're surfing on a car okay and they're listening
0: but definitely pooping either way
1: uh people definitely listen to this while they poop.
0: i know i listen to podcasts when i'm pooping sometimes
1: yeah i listen to podcasts when i do everything <sighs> so how you guys doing <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, sorry, that's not a very useful question, as you're not here. Um,
1: you we're... don't care. Don't pretend you care about them.
0: <clears throat> I do. Oh. Deeply. Okay. Um, we are back <laughs> for another episode of Goose Chase.
1: Goose Chase.
0: We're off chasing another goose mm-hmm. down the wily... You know what? It doesn't work if it's the a rabbit hole? hole.
1: Yeah, but goose, a goose hole just sounds
0: dirty. Goose hole is dirty. All things <laughs> goose-related are actually really dirty. Um well, we're chasing a goose down the open thicket of the internet.
2: Ugh. and I don't like
1: that either. Why not? I don't know. The word thicket. What's wrong with a thicket? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't like it.
0: I think you're still thinking about goose holes. I am. Stop.
1: And thickets <laughs> and goose holes. It's... Um, <laughs>
0: anyway, we're back. Uh, so... Gosh, do we have anything to intro about? Do we have anything to talk about in the beginning here? Um, it's another, it's another day. It was just Halloween.
1: Yes, it, it was Halloween.
0: It was the spoopiest of days here in lovely Austintown, Ohio.
1: <laughs> I had a really good Halloween. Yeah, I had to go to work, but I dressed up mm-hmm. as one of my favorite characters ever, Bee from Bee and Puppy Cat.
0: Let's talk about that because. Let's talk about that. Your bee costume, which you posted on Twitter, mm-hmm. got retweeted by the people that own the bee.
1: Yes, it program. was retweeted. So I tweeted it at um, Cartoon Hangover,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and because they do the cartoon Bee and Puppy Cat. Yeah, and it was retweeted by the founder of Frederator, which is the production studio, basically. Yeah, that does uh, Bee and Puppy Cat. And
0: it was pretty cool because I went to look, and there's like four girls dressed up like B that they retweeted this Halloween. Yeah, you're one of them.
1: Yeah, and that was uh, pretty cool. It was really nice that he retweeted that. It was really sweet. I got at least one follower from that. I don't really care about that. You know, I don't really care
0: except that I desperately check all day how many followers (laughs) I
1: have. But but, but still, um, but it was nice. (laughs) Yeah, that like. Someone thought that was cool enough that they want to follow me. Yeah. Um, you did a I was good job on it. I proud of it. Honestly, half of the work is already done by the fact that like I just a similar build to the character.
0: You, you, you've said this before a thousand times, but like, you know, chubby girls with brown hair.
1: We are all the same person. <laughs> Apparently... Yeah. Judging from the fact that, like, every time I've ever been near another chubby girl with brown hair, everyone thinks we're twins.
0: It's, it's weird, because I think I've, I've noticed, like, if you're even roughly the same prototype <laughs> as another person, it doesn't just go for chubby white girls. It's, like, everything. like right. Like, there were two... Okay, so, uh, Blaine might end up listening to this. Blaine that I work with. Mm-hmm. Hey, Blaine. Uh, he can vouch for the fact that just because there was another guy with red hair in the office, names mixed up all the time. <laughs> in fact, one time... Ben won, like, $10. And they put it on Blaine's debt. Uh-huh. They, Blaine, they go, here you go, Ben. And he was like, thanks. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and
1: like, then he kept it.
0: If you're even vaguely out of the same toy box or whatever. Right,
1: <laughs> like, we're not really good at, like, distinguishing
0: I guess not.
1: Um, I get called Trish all the time at work. And I was like, Trish is our good friend who also works with me. And... Every time I'm like, "This is bullshit!" I was here first, (laughs) and we look nothing alike.
0: No, you guys really don't look alike. No,
1: we don't. We are. She has shorter hair than I do at the moment, Um, though it's. We always wear our hair up at work, so I'm always surprised by how long it is. Uh huh. Um, Like again, if
0: you're even vaguely the same general type of person,
1: you're just female, and just (laughs) it's the same thing. Uh, kind of similar to this. I knew someone who. Who claimed to have face blindness, which is a real thing. I'm not yeah. sure if he actually had it. Right. I'm willing to bet I think that a lo- he did. I think
0: a lot of egotistical people that don't care about other people also think they have face blindness.
1: Right. I'm not sure if it was like a shtick that he did because he thought it was funny. But I yeah. kind of i i am willing to just say that he did have it. Sure. But face blindness is basically where you can't recognize people by their facial features. Yeah. Like they're just whatever part of your brain does that yeah can't put it together
0: kind of scary to think about
1: yeah um I read an article about it at one point and there was someone who wrote a book about face blindness and how he had face blindness and he in the book he wrote about his uncle and he put in a picture of someone who was not his uncle <laughs> because and like captioned it as his uncle because he couldn't recognize him cuz he has face blindness. <laughs> um
0: That's funny and weird.
1: Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, I mean, you can't blame him. Yeah, right. Um but the person I knew that had face blindness, I I don't change my hair as often now, but I would have like a different hairstyle every few months or yeah. every 6 months. And he recognized people by their hairstyles. Right. It was just like something he could distinguish. And so, every time I cut my hair or dyed it a different color, he would reintroduce himself to me. (laughs) And this was in college. I went to a really small college. I saw this kid all the time. In (laughs) fact, I was the president of a group that he was in and we met like weekly or bi-weekly. Yeah. Like, you know who I am. He introduced himself to me so many times and every time I'm like... Zach. is He would like shake my hand and be like, oh, I'm Zach. And I'm yeah. like, dude, it's Christy. Like, I'm the president of this club. We see each other like several times a week. We're in classes together. We eat together. Like, you could stop introducing yourself. And he's like, I'm sorry. It's just like, I... I have face blindness, and you change your hair, and then I don't know who you are. It's an interesting
0: question, though. I wonder if, like, you were to be (laughs) be speaking and approach him, if he would go, oh, I recognize that voice.
1: That was another thing that I'd be like, can you not recognize the voice? I mean, I understand people can sound alike, too. You could still be like, oh, I'm not quite sure. But I feel like I have a fairly distinguishable voice.
0: I feel like I could recognize almost anybody's voice that I know pretty well. Right. Almost anybody.
1: Right. But anyway, I, I don't even know how we got here. Um, oh, people thinking everyone are the same person.
2: But um, back yeah. to the original
1: point. Yeah, it was B. No one at work knew who I was, but I didn't care. Um, I had a really good day. We yeah. had a bunch of food because we had like a potluck at work. And my boss made pulled pork and it was super good. Mm, and, pulled pork. Ah, oh, pulled pork. Pulled pork. Um, I made cheesecake and everyone like that. And yeah. It was just a really good. It was a busy day, but it was really good and.
0: And all of this on the eve of your birthday.
1: Yes, tomorrow's my birthday.
0: Yes, that was today, right?
1: That was all uh, yesterday for oh. Halloween. Okay. <laughs> it was. It was on my birthday eve. Eve.
0: I don't know why I thought that that was that's what happened today.
1: <laughs> no.
0: Anyways, all today was not as fun. But today was the eve of your birthday. Yes. Tomorrow is your birthday. Yes. It's the big thirty.
2: Mm-hmm. Let's
0: talk about it. Dirty thirty. The dirty thirty. What are you thinking about it? I didn't take my thirtieth birthday well. You You seem like you're doing pretty good.
1: I'm coming to terms with it. Yeah. So because everyone I talk to who has turned thirty or is older than me and has gone through thirty has been like so my biggest fear surrounding it is the fact that my life isn't what I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. It's still a mess. And I still don't have my birthday. shit together. Yeah. And it's just it just makes you, if you even go down that rabbit hole of comparing yourself to anybody else, mm-hmm. it just makes you lose your mind. And everyone I've talked to who's been through it has said, yeah, no one fucking knows what they're doing by the time they're 30. Right. Like. That's a lie. No one has their shit together ever. Yeah. Some people are better at pretending than others, but like you're fine. And 30, (laughs) your thirties are great. Like there's less pressure. You just, you're finally in really an adult and like, yeah, get to just do what you want a little more and not worry about stuff so much. And, uh, I'm looking forward to that. Not that I really give a shit now, but, (laughs) um, it just, it's reassuring for other people to be like, no no you're fine like everybody has these same thoughts (laughs) everyone feels that same way of like i don't have my shit together and i'm failing at life and it's like no it's okay to not know what you want to do when you're 30 yeah it's okay to like feel like you have a ways to go yeah um i think so
0: I really, I really do think that nobody ever has it figured out, no matter where they are in life.
1: I've really, yeah. I've just come to the realization that everyone has a struggle and everyone has stuff. Everyone has stuff.
0: Everyone's got stuff. Everyone's
1: got stuff. Yeah. Everyone's got shoes.
0: <laughs> shoes. Shoes. Shoes.
1: And uh, that's never going to end. And so I might as well just like enjoy the part of life that I'm in.
2: Yeah, right. And
1: just do the things I want to do. Quickly, one thing I haven't mentioned on the podcast, and I don't know how, is that I'm finally um, making moves on doing something I've wanted to do for years. Let's talk about it. Which is roller derby. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a 30 before 30 list that I was working on. Yeah. It's not complete, but I did do quite a few things on it. Basically, just 30 things I wanted to do before I turned 30. I only started a couple months ago. Right. So I didn't give myself that much
0: Somewhere time. in the middle of... Twenty nine,
1: basically. I really only had three months, I think. Okay. Um. But it it did get me to do commit to doing things I might have let go otherwise, and then none of it was super big, but there were fun things, and I got to put this on the list, kind of pencil it in as something I didn't expect I'd be doing. And I'm starting to do. Because I've wanted to do derby for a really long time. Because of health issues and money problems. And and just feeling like I wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah, I just wrote it off. And uh, I started going to the gym a while ago. Partly with the idea in the back of my head that I want to get in better shape. So this is something I can do. Mm -hmm. And then I got some encouragement from... I've talked a lot about the groups I'm in on Facebook and uh I got some encouragement from someone who does Derby who basically said don't wait to get in shape, then do derby. Let derby get you in shape. Just makes a lot of sense. Just do it and it'll figure itself out.
0: On some level you should never wait till things are until you've gotten everything in order to do anything. You should it's just good start advice. doing the thing you like.
1: Just don't wait for the right moment. If yeah. there's something you want to do, just do it and you'll make the right moment for it.
2: Yeah,
1: like you, you can't let yourself put things off because yeah. you'll never do them if you're afraid of doing it at the right, the right time, or the exact perfect way. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Just try it.
2: Yeah,
1: and uh, it just so happened that the local derby group, uh, Little Steel Derby Girls, mm-hmm. uh, they were recruiting, and I've been in contact with them. I'm gonna start going to practice. Things are a little bit delayed because I had this tooth removed and I have stitches and I can't wear a mouth guard right now, which is annoying me. But yeah. I did get my skates and all my safety gear and I've been skating around my basement, which is not real great because it has like a textured surface. So yeah. my mom can hear me skating so in the it's basement. It's a nature like a stone five thing, year
2: isn't old.
1: It? It's like it's linoleum, but it has like pebble pattern on. Yeah, it. like n- so, yeah. nature
0: stone kind of like, like it yeah. feels like a stone floor almost.
1: Yeah. yeah. It looks it you can tell that it's not, but right. that was the idea. <laughs> yeah, right. Um I actually want to try at some point to do a little skate around your basement
0: it's not really laid out really
1: well for it at all well, but I'll figure it out yeah. I can move some things around because I just want to be I want to figure out if I'm really 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 bad still yeah. or if I'm a little better than I thought it's just like I'm gonna, <laughs> rolling over pebbles isn't good <laughs>
0: I'm going to hide the glass coffee table before you do that the glass coffee table is probably the one right back there in the corner where you paint
2: Oh the one yeah! One with a giant
0: sheet of glass across the top I of it. Don't even go
1: over there. No.
0: <laughs> that that's that's coming out before this.
1: <laughs> but I want to die in a glorious
0: fashion. <laughs> um, well, I guess that's a pretty good introduction.
1: Yeah, we talked for a bit.
0: I got a news quiz for you. <gasps>
1: the news. The news quiz. Oh wait, I forgot to take my little flipper out.
0: You're a little. You're a little flippy. No, that's mm-hmm. all right. Nobody noticed. I certainly didn't. Okay. Uh, news quiz. My favorite. I love this game. Two false stories and one true story.
1: Easy to will. Uh,
0: one is true. Uh, you have to guess which one of these following three stories is the actual story. Uh, this one, I think this is a stumper, but I don't know. We'll see. Are you ready? Yes. All right.
1: Both going to help me.
0: Okay, dog's going to help. Awesome. He's so good at news quizzes. He's
1: very helpful.
0: Number one, ramen maker Nissin introduces a high-tech microphone fork and companion smartphone app, which produces noise-canceling tones on your phone to eliminate the sound of your slurping.
1: Like just for you?
0: No, it's... For
1: everyone around you.
0: So, yes, you're slurping in your fork... And it picks up the sound you're slurping, and it makes noise-canceling sounds out of your phone to cancel the slurp.
2: Hmm. Okay.
0: All right. That's number one. Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Cancel the slurp.
0: Cancel the slurp. Number one. (laughs) Number two. In New York City's Manhattan federal courthouse, longtime Garfield the Cat impersonator Alonzo Kaizan is arraigned...
1: didn't didn't know that was a thing you could do. (laughs)
0: You know they—they they have all the the uh, people dressed up as like, oh, I'm Elmo, or
1: oh, I'm oh, okay, 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 yeah, okay,
2: one yeah.
0: of those. Longtime Garfield the cat impersonator Alonzo Kaisan is arraigned for the violent beating of longtime Odie the dog impersonator Farak Hamir.
1: It, it's just too perfect. <laughs> it's too perfect, but I could see it happening. All right. Life imitates art. And bad cartoons.
0: So, Garfield beats Odie.
1: Okay.
0: Number three, a lost painting, La Violetta, a portrait by the master, Da Vinci, which was thought to have been vanished by Nazi art looters, turns up, taped to the back of a Van Halen poster in a home in Muncie, Indiana. Muncie? Muncie.
1: Like, um, isn't that where Gary, Jerry, Terry, Larry... Yeah,
0: that's that's right. No, uh, uh, on Parks and Rec, uh, yeah, right. He vacations in Muncie, and everyone thinks it's ridiculous. Yeah. Because that's his dream vacation is to go to Muncie. Muncie. (laughs)
2: Yeah.
0: So.
1: Jerry, Terry, Gary, Larry.
0: Jerry, Terry, Gary, Larry. Anyway, that's your three. Um, Number one, ramen fork with a noise-canceling tone. On your smartphone.
1: I like to think that the tone is just... <laughs> <laughs> it's just a more annoying noise yeah. over top of you. Or just slurping. some guy
0: going, don't listen to me.
1: <laughs> I am not slurping ramen. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: number two. Uh, longtime Garfield the Cat impersonator Alonzo Kaizan arraigned for the violent beating of Odie the Dog impersonator Farak Hamir. Number three. La Violetta... By the Master Da Vinci found taped to the back of a Van Halen poster in a home in Muncie, Indiana.
1: This is tough.
0: For these, it's not a matter even always of like plausibility because all three of those things sounded pretty ridiculous,
2: Uh, I think.
1: I'm going to go with Garfield B. Odie.
0: Garfield beats Odie.
1: Mm-hmm. Nope. Which one was
0: it? <laughs> Would you like a second guess?
1: I don't even want to shame myself. No. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, okay. The real story, honest to God, is the Nissan microphone fork.
1: I just didn't even... I was like, <laughs> I don't even think that that's a thing. Like, I know. The, like little microtones that could cancel out the sound of your slurping doesn't sound feasible.
0: Well, you know like noise-canceling headphones, right? Yeah. So the way they always work is if there's a sound that it hears outside, it produces a counter wave inside. Hmm. So the idea is that the sound squashes itself out.
1: Okay, I guess I didn't really know how noise-canceling headphones work. I just knew it, that they worked. It's still an
0: incredibly <laughs> stupid idea. It's still an incredibly stupid idea for I mean, this to exist.
1: the thing is, on the one hand, it's incredibly smart, because there are a lot of people with misophonia, Yeah, which is like, just hate the sound. the sound of people making noises while they're eating, and it drives them crazy. Yeah. If you were one of those people, just invest in this fork for everyone in your life.
0: Well, that's the idea, is you're blocking out, yeah, you're blocking out their slurping, so you give yeah. this out for Christmas... All of a sudden, you can eat dinner with people again.
1: Yeah. You're like, just trust me.
0: <laughs> but no, yes. So that's the real one. I done, I done stumped you.
1: Every fucking time.
0: Garfield <laughs> beat Zodi was just so much fun to write, though. It felt like I, it could happen. It felt like it could happen. Because <clears throat> they work did, together if they're real, I right? I didn't
1: think the first one, the the noise canceling fork, was feasible. Mm hmm. I felt like the art one just it that wasn't right no and i was it's like too cartoony. I, I guess it's the one that's literally a cartoon <laughs>
0: <laughs> right yeah uh, honestly geez. good guess i would have also thought that was more likely than the other two
1: ah uh, oh well such is life So I've got a little got a little segment for you.
0: Got a middle segment here.
1: Got a middle segment.
0: All right, let's talk about
1: it. I'm gonna call this sister stuff.
0: Sister stuff.
1: Sister stuff. Okay. Which might be surprising because I don't have sisters.
0: People listening to this are totally missing out on the strange faces that you make at me (laughs) when you say stuff like that.
1: Sister stuff.
0: Like the big eyes with the paws, like the bad joke dog that's like ah ah (laughs) ah. That's
1: just my face. Yeah. Guys, just always imagine me looking at you like that husky that just told a real bad dad joke.
0: Yeah, the one that was just paused going <laughs> ah ah.
1: I think of that as the Gwen face because my dog Gwen used to make that face yeah. all the time.
0: That's a that's a classic dog face.
1: <sighs> oh, Gwen, Gwen.
0: Uh, so tell me about Seaster stuff.
1: Sister stuff. Um, I have learned recently mm-hmm. that I don't have sisters, but
0: you, you now probably do that already. Have sisters. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. I
1: probably knew I don't have sisters. Yeah,
0: you probably knew about the that state I of your sisters. don't have sisters? Yeah.
1: I was pretty aware of it.
0: <laughs> you you didn't you did say it like I learned
1: recently. Oh, no, no. I didn't I learn that I have sisters. <laughs> I, <laughs> um, I learned that two people who are basically my sisters
0: yeah.
1: uh, have been listening to the podcast. Yeah. Um, one is... Your stepsister, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Jess, Jesse. Hey, Jess. And um, I think her husband is listening a little bit too. We Mm -hmm. actually found out, we went to your other stepsister's wedding. And after the ceremony, um, before we went to the reception, we were kind of milling around the park where they got married. Yeah. And two of your your stepsister's, Uh, Mandy and Jess mentioned that they started listening to the podcast because they had a little bit of a drive, and so they put it on. That was pretty fun. And I was really surprised and not expecting it, and it made me feel really good that they decided to listen and they were enjoying it so far.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, And Jess recently reached out and said, you know, she, she was catching up and trying to listen to it more, and she's still really enjoying it. And sent me a topic to talk about. Uh-huh. I was like, maybe you can use this for the new segment or, or something. And I was like, I'll figure out something for it. And then immediately sent another article yeah. about it. And was like, oh, I just found this out. So it was about um, something called Erotica Land.
0: I'm sorry, what?
1: Erotica <laughs> Land.
0: Is it like a pervert Disneyland?
1: It is an adult, <laughs> literally adult, theme park. <laughs> Guess where it was gonna be?
0: Is there a wiener coaster?
1: I think there was something like that. <laughs> okay.
0: Um, I oh, don't know. know.
1: I heard wiener bumper cars.
0: <laughs> Even weirder.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just a bunch of wieners bumping into each other. That mm-hmm. doesn't, doesn't mm-hmm. sound great. Mm-hmm. Colliding at mm, high some speed. Some people make it work. Ah. <laughs> Anyways, what were you going to um, say about where it was?
1: Yeah, guess where it was.
0: Where it was located?
1: hmm Where it was going to be built.
0: Mm, gosh, I just can't even imagine. Certainly not the deep south of the United States. That would just no, be No, silly. no, no. Uh,
1: not in the United States, I'll tell you that.
0: Uh, Helsinki. No. Okay, where?
1: <laughs> Brazil.
0: That makes so much sense. Right. Those people
1: naturally, bang without
0: any shame.
1: Naturally, Brazil. <laughs> um,
0: everyone in Brazil is just at the height of their sexual
1: everyone energy is for
0: their whole lives. F-
1: sexually free.
0: <laughs> God.
1: It was um, going to be in... I'm going to slaughter this... Piracicaba? Piracicaba? Mm-hmm. Just outside of Sao Paulo. Okay. Um, basically, there was going to be a lot of sex themed stuff. There was going to be a hedge maze. <laughs> I think you could be like. There's going to be a bush maze. Um, there's going to be a, a, a 7D cinema. 7D? Would actually let you see, smell, touch, and even taste every scene. Ooh. Ew. Uh, <laughs> no, thank you. Close optional pool.
0: All right, that makes more sense. That's reasonable. Um, How about a naked, lazy river? There's a bunch of people floating around great. in inner um, tubes. Not, not.
1: There was to be no sex in the park. Although, <coughs> that ain't there, gonna happen. There would be motels owned by the park that you could just scamper off to and fuck. Because, <laughs> you know, riding on a giant dick is gonna... <laughs> I don't think that's, I don't mix. think
0: that's heating anyone up, really, but whatever. But,
1: so she sent me that article, was like, oh, this is a cool thing. Yeah. And then immediately sent me another article about how it's not happening anymore.
0: Ah, oh, God.
1: Uh, basically, Someone thought
0: that was a bad idea?
1: Well, it wasn't even that, it's that they're facing a recession.
0: Oh. And
1: that they just, like, don't have the money for it right now. It wasn't right, even yeah. that it's a bad
2: idea.
0: No, right, <laughs> right back to the meat and potatoes of it in Brazil.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> You know, why pay hundreds of dollars to go to a sex theme park when you can make your own at home? When
1: you could just walk down the street in Brazil. <laughs> um, wow.
0: That's a weird, weird idea. But
1: I wanted to at least talk about it because she brought it to my attention and I thought it was interesting. Yeah. I thought you'd like to hear about it.
0: Oh my God. I just, I can't, I, <clears throat> all I'm going to be doing for the rest of the night is thinking up other attractions for this amusement park. I know. Yeah. 7D cinema is gross.
1: Yeah, that, I don't like that. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> Are you laughing at my face again? No. I'm thinking like
0: we Chris and I and and Tommy like we came up with this idea years ago. It was Roger Sick Bastard. He
2: uh-huh.
0: was the eccentric the eccentric billionaire we invented who's just a pervert and just funds these weird perverted projects and his amusement park was all themed after feces. <laughs> it was shitland of the amusement park.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Sexland is way less gross. In some respects. I know
1: sex is pretty gross.
0: I mean, yeah, I could yeah, it's all right.
1: I mean, I'm not saying (laughs) not saying I don't like it, but there's like a lot of gross bodily stuff that happens. (laughs) (laughs) Just saying, humans are disgusting. Yeah.
0: Anyway, let's change the topic, sure, because
1: I'm not done with sister stuff.
0: Sister stuff, (laughs) sure. (laughs) Keep moving.
1: Um, so the other sister person in my life
0: sister person
1: is my sister-in-law which i'm still getting used to saying yeah right um sarah
0: mm-hmm. hey sarah
1: uh we celebrated my birthday which is like close family last weekend and they got us a little gift uh, my brother and sister-in-law got us a little gift mm-hmm. and uh or no they birthday. got me a little it's gift your birthday. <laughs> i'm sharing it with the podcast it's the podcast gift it belongs
0: to everyone now
1: Uh, They gave me a trivia book, and she specifically said, hey, maybe you can use this on the podcast. And I thought, that's a really good idea yeah, uh, for a little segment every now and then. And I was just, like, thrilled that she's been listening and enjoying it so far. So, hi, Sarah. And I wanted to read a piece of trivia out of the book, but I wanted to give props to the book. So, it is Trivia for the Toilet Double Duty. That's the name of the book. <laughs> I didn't make the joke. <laughs> Don't judge me. That just
0: obligatory poop joke, foghorn noise or whatever. <laughs> <just> <laughs> 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 so
1: there's some pretty good trimia, trimia. Trimia. Some pretty good trimia in here. Mm-hmm. There's also some good trivia. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to read one. Let's hear it. Like many amazing inventions, potato chips were originally a joke. Did you know that? Eh? I think I've actually heard this before. but yeah. I
0: have not heard this before. In
1: 1853, a restaurant in Saratoga Springs, New York, called Moon's Lake House, served French fried potatoes, which have origins in France and Belgium, and were popularized after Thomas Jefferson requested potatoes served in the French manner
0: mm, yes.
1: for a White House dinner. The potatoes that Jefferson referred to were more like today's home fries, soft, thick cuts of potatoes to be eaten with a fork. Sure. But one night at Moon's Lake House, Jeff George Crum, or Chef George Crum, became annoyed when a diner kept sending back the potatoes, complaining they weren't thin enough.
2: <laughs> he
1: decided to cut them so thin... They couldn't be eaten with a fork. <laughs> he cooked them until they were brown and crispy. Yeah. Instead of being irritated, however, the guests loved the potatoes. <laughs> and, and soon more people were asking for the potato chips.
0: Interesting.
1: With the invention of the mechanical potato peeler in the 1920s, the snack took off and soon Herman Lay was selling them all, all over America.
0: Unbelievable. I did yeah. not know that. There's
1: a lark. It was a chef saying, fuck you. Yeah, right. To that's, someone. That's what it really is.
0: Oh, okay. You don't, you don't like it? Well, you're going to love this. You're going to love this stupid thing Can I you do to Can you imagine
1: his ire? Can you imagine how angry he was when he's just like, and I fucking loved it. The swine. The swine. <laughs> the swine. <laughs> the tasteless swine.
0: <laughs> that's something else. I did not yeah. know that.
1: Yeah. It makes me want to look up the history of the pretzel, because I feel like that's an interesting story, too.
0: It might be. I, mean, the pretzel's I feel pretty, like I knew it at one point. The pretzel's a pretty respectable entry. I can't see it being a joke of any kind.
1: No, I think it was kind of like an accident kind of thing. Or someone didn't have the right ingredients for something and they just fudged it. Yeah, winging it. Let's just let's just make pretzels.
0: Oh, God, but I want to make pretzels. That's
1: it for the podcast. We're done. We're going to go make oh, pretzels.
0: You know what? I don't even want to necessarily make pretzels. I just want a big thing of pretzel salt to dip stuff in. <laughs> 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 the big, thick pretzel salt. Okay. That's all I want. I swear to God. I <laughs> just want
1: to roll around in a big bad oh, pretzel.
0: I'm one of those gross bastards. I just love the salt. Just give me the salt, please. Salt,
1: eh, salt's fine.
0: I'm all about it's it. It's okay. Anyway, I guess we'll take a little break here. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? Yarp. Yarp. And we'll be back in a minute with our main segment. All right. Uh, Hi. 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 See. Uh huh. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> welcome back. Uh, we have just had ourselves a nice little breaky. Um,
2: uh-huh.
0: We are, uh, it is time for our main segment. On this spoopy day after Halloween.
2: Ooh, spooky. Still some
0: spoop in the air.
1: I was hoping to be wearing my sleeping dress so you wouldn't be able to spoop my pants off, but
0: mm-hmm. nope. I seem
1: to have misplaced it.:
0: Unfortunately, those pajama pants.
1: I'm wearing pants, mm. so you can spoop them clean off. spoop clean mm. off.: them. <laughs> We did plan for this to be a spoopy episode.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, we got an excellent suggestion mm-hmm. from friend of the podcast, listener Laura..
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, she sent us Hi, Laura. an email.
2: Hi Say
0: hi to a lot of people. This
1: yeah, let's say hi to everybody. Yeah. No, let's say hi to everyone we know. Just say all I'll names get the right phone now. book.
0: Stay put.
1: Okay. Um. No, uh, she's been listening. She likes to listen when she is uh, doing stuff around the house, and uh, keeps us on track if we. Sometimes forget to post an episode one week, which we appreciate because someone needs to hold us accountable. We're not real adults.
0: Uh, Sorry I had to yell the dog. He was like fixing to lick the toilet.
1: Oh, well, that's that's what he does.
0: Disgusting. Please continue. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, You foul beast. Yeah, gross. So uh, she suggested that we look into the black mausoleum.
0: Yes. The Black Mausoleum, which at the time, like many of the things that have been suggested to us, I didn't know anything about. Yeah, I hadn't heard of it. Uh, so I uh, I looked into this one. I found some spoop. Found some spoop under the hood.
1: Find any dupe? Not
0: very much dupe. Hmm. Less dupe than expected, but plenty of spoop. Hmm. I don't even know what that means. I don't know go <laughs> with it. So I, uh, I'm going to tell this to you in stages. To appreciate, I think, to appreciate the story of the Black Mausoleum, as it is commonly known, I feel like you have to go back to, way back into history to appreciate where it is. I'll
2: get the DeLorean. Yes.
0: <clears throat> Please, fetch the DeLorean for this quite freaky time travel adventure. Um, the, uh, it's known as the Black Mausoleum, but its proper name is Mackenzie's Mausoleum, at Greyfriars Kirkyard in Edinburgh, Scotland. Ooh. Yeah, right?
1: Going
0: international. <coughs> Going international for this one. Hello, Scotland. Hi, Scotland. Um, it's a cemetery. Uh, the, the the Greyfriars Kirkyard is a cemetery. Uh, it dates back to the late 1500s. It's a picturesque old cemetery. And it sits basically off to the side of the center of, uh, or in the center of the city's historic center. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's on a hill overlooking the new town, basically. Okay. Uh, New town here means, like, the 1700s. Not new new, but new for Edinburgh.
2: New-ish.
0: Yeah. Um, Which, when I read that, I was like, ah, shit, the United States is a baby. Like, I always forget. Yeah. You know? Their new town is, like, before we were properly founded.
1: I thought it was real cool when I lived in, like, a 98-year-old house. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like this is real
2: old <laughs> yeah right No, it's, it's crazy not we're in Scotland
0: getting a sense of like how far back this goes it also poses some problems and some challenges for research because a lot of what I'm going to be talking about here we're talking about like the 1600s mm-hmm. you know and records are not it's not that there aren't records but they're more scarce or it's harder to pin down certain things Do you yeah. know what I mean but I uh, I will tell you what I was able to learn about it Um, the churchyard itself, Greyfriars Kirkyard, uh, was founded in 1561, and it takes its name from the friary on site. The, the, the Greyfriars literally are friars in gray cloaks, which is kind of interesting to me. Um, and, uh, the friary was dissolved two years prior to when they, they founded this. It was established basically as a replacement burial site for the site at, uh, St. Giles, right? Which is... There's public records at the time basically saying, um, we don't want to have more burials in this church. It gets really smelly in the summertime. Ugh. It's really gross. Can we just like move this party to the outside of town? <laughs> right? <laughs> is, is the basic idea.
1: Move this party to the outside of town. <laughs> move
0: this dead people party somewhere else because I ain't having it. <laughs> That's the It's theory. a dead man's party. Yeah. Um. So, anyway, there's some there's some very interesting features on site, just speaking generally about it.
1: A giant water slide. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 Woo! <laughs>
1: uh, That's my grandma! <laughs> the,
0: the most interesting to me, I think, is something called Greyfriars Bobby, which is a dog. I think his name was just Bobby. I can't quite like tell. You do. Who guarded his master's grave for years and years, and then they buried the dog as well Aww. in the graveyard. Not near his owner, which is weird, but that's because they had to bury him in an unconsecrated part of the land, you know, to avoid oh. being blasphemous or whatever. Yeah,
1: to avoid people being assholes. Yeah,
0: so they buried him pretty close to the entrance, and the the like Grey Friar's body is still part of the... Bury
1: the, uh, the dogs and the consecrated land. They probably deserve it more than you do, you filthy well, human being. They babe. certainly
0: deserve it more than some people there, which we will get to. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is considered by a lot of ghost-hunty people to be one of the uh, more haunted graveyards in the world. Maybe the most. Mm. Right? Let's go. Um, while that has a lot to do with the fact that it's a really old graveyard, I think, and a lot to do with sort of incidences of... You know, hauntings, which I'll get into later. Things people say happen.
1: Mm-hmm. Also, teenagers getting drunk in the graveyard.
0: Yeah. Well, there are stories about that, which I did not cover in my notes, but I'll tell you another time. Because <laughs> apparently some teenagers got into there and got, got into some weird stuff.
2: Well, I'll just, I'll
0: just talk about it on here because I didn't yes. write it down, but I, I I remember correctly sometime in the early 2000s, a couple teenagers went in there and like grabbed some skulls and like made skull puppets with their hands and shit. Got in a whole lot of trouble.
1: Yeah, you don't do that. No. Don't mess with people's skulls. They
0: actually managed to get charged on a desecration of like a corpse yeah. charge, which is exactly what it That's is. what it was. Yeah. Um, so no
1: skull puppets.
0: Don't do that.
1: Don't. Do skull puppets.
0: That was someone's head once. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and it had their little Teefies in it.
1: Their little Teefies were there.
0: <laughs> so, Don't
1: put your hand where their little <laughs> Teefies were. <laughs> um,
0: but I think a lot of the the mystique of this place and why it is so fascinating and scary to people has a lot to do with its history. Uh, so this is where I want to go back and look at the beginning of this place, right?
1: Ooh, going back in time. Ooh,
0: I wonder what it was like back then. Back then. Back, back then. then. Back then. Hello there. <laughs> <laughs> um, this, this place has a really prominent place in the history of a movement known as the Covenanters of Scotland. Okay. Um. And so I think this has this has a lot to do with its its place right now, and a lot to do with why why people are fascinated with it. The Covenanters are a religious movement, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all the way,
0: right. all the way back in the day. This is basically it starts around 1537. I know. I mean, just like appreciating how long back some of this stuff happens mm-hmm. uh, is amazing. And their purpose. Was to maintain their Presbyterian (laughs) doctrine as, like, the dominant doctrine of Scotland. Of, like, the the Church of Scotland, right? Yeah. And, you know, it's worth noting that there is a Church of Scotland. And there's a Church of England. And there's, you know, like... A
1: a lot of other places do that. I mean, that's the reason why America was uh, formed. To have uh, a freedom from the specific religion you had to be... and you'd be persecuted if you weren't that religion.
0: Yeah, I mean, appreciating this kind of does shed a little bit more light on what exactly America was trying to avoid because lots and lots of wars and bloodshed and bad things happened in the name of these national churches, these, like, Mm -hmm. the church of the realm, you know what I mean? Um, And the Covenanters are, you know, resisting change at this point and trying to maintain their Presbyterian faith, right? Uh, Which is, uh, it's a... It's a real subject of conflict, mostly after 1581. So that's, you know, we're talking like, you know, 40 some years after the fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, it becomes a real source of conflict. Um, the, there's a minister by the name of John Craig that drafts this, this document, the name of which I somehow forgot to write. I mean, <laughs> um, but it's basically it's a declaration, important. right? Mm-hmm. It's a denunciation of the Pope. Uh, And it's a denunciation of the Roman Catholic Church at large. It makes its way, you know.
1: But Roman Catholicism is just so
2: perfect.
0: I mean, you know, they got that Pope. They're pretty into that Pope. You don't talk smack about that Pope. Yeah. So if if you're talking smack on the Pope, you're about to get a fistful Pope hand in your face. (laughs) I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Pope's not happy. Church of England isn't happy. This document is ratified, accepted, signed on to, and basically moves its way all the way up to the top of the Church of Scotland.
1: Oh, God. Popes are really old. Yeah. It's a really old concept. They've had God. popes for My a real long time. Blown. My mom <laughs> went to Italy when she was younger, when she yeah. was in high school, and she got to go to the Vatican. She actually had a cousin who was training to be a priest, and he was at the Vatican. Mm-hmm. Like He lived there. And so she kind of got to see parts of the Vatican you're not supposed to see.
0: Sure, yeah. <laughs> she snuck her
1: in, you're Palling but, around with
0: the guards and all that.
1: Yeah. And uh, and somewhere on the grounds, there are pictures of all the popes, and there were like frames that are empty. Yeah. Where the next pope's picture is to go. Yeah. And the, in the there weren't many left empty, and the theory was that when they were all full. <clears throat> That's it. They That's assemble the end of the into world. Mega Pope. Yeah, they they all uh, come back from the dead, yeah. and they all form one giant Mega Pope, and he just destroys the world.
0: Like an enormous Megazord-like beast made out of all the previous Popes, mm-hmm. and it just traipses along the world on like mm-hmm. a global scale.
1: Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. I want to see the Pope Hall of Fame. Why isn't that a thing?
1: <laughs> well, this is basically it. Yeah, that was the Pope Hall of Fame.
0: The greatest of all time. I mean there
1: weren't that many popes. <laughs> so you can't really have a Hall of Fame.
0: I mean there's been a lot of popes.
1: Yeah. There's but been quite there was, a few popes. But they were almost out of Pope Space. <laughs> 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 they were running low on Pope Space. Fred's limited Pope Space. <laughs> and she like it freaked her out. Because yeah. they're like, yeah, once once we're out, that's it. That's, that's it. That's it for everybody. This and is back so then, someone's decision she was a back then
0: is the idea. Right. Someone way back was like we're gonna make twenty more frames. Because that's all the popes we're gonna need.
1: That's all of what I have. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what we're doing.
0: Pope Hall of Fame. Um,
1: we have filled all the walls. We have no more space. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, popes, popes go way back.
0: Yeah, lots of popes. Uh, and this pope in particular is pretty pope peeved. I pretty,
1: pretty peeved off pope.
0: Yeah. Uh, basically, it's not even really the conflict. Isn't even as much with the. The Pope, which is, of course, it's a deal, you know, but like it's really this, this really myths the, the King of England, right? Who at the time I believe is Charles the mm-hmm. First. Uh, but Scotland's King James the Sixth, you know, codifies this into the Church of Scotland. Like it becomes, you know, like, you know, all these declarations of denunciation and all this stuff. This becomes official church doctrine.
1: It just says, fuck the Pope.
0: Yeah, fuck the Pope. <laughs> you can't tell me what to do, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> um basically, this comes to a head in 1637. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking, you know, this is now, like, again, another, like, 50 years later or something. Um, the Church of England, uh, via the Archbishop of Canterbury, starts pushing back on this and trying to redefine the liturgy.
2: Mm-hmm. You
0: know what I mean? And, of course, they have, they have sway. They have, they have, you know, control over Scotland, right? I mean, this mm-hmm. is like, the, they're... England is still kinda of top dog, you know what I mean? There's like a fealty kind of system or whatever.
1: Scotland was like <coughs> the um the rebellious teenager. Yeah, more or less. That were like the rebellious like nineteen year old that moved out of the house. <laughs>
2: yeah. But they started it's listening
1: still to kind
0: jazz of, music.
1: Yeah, under his parents' sway and like <laughs> Fuck you guys, I'm not I'm not going to be your religion.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: In in England's like Well, well you're going to regret this. <laughs> you're not invited home.
0: Yeah, it gets for
1: family dinners.
0: It gets equally nasty as not being invited home for family dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I was um, going to
1: say Thanksgiving, but obviously <laughs> not. <laughs> All right. Not
0: not a thing yet. <laughs>
1: Oh God, I'm so ignorant.
0: Uh, but basically, what I, what I wanted to say here is that this is a really long story from this point on. There's a lot that I could say about this, and I wanted to condense. Okay. But basically, what you start to see here is uh, the Covenanters' doctrine, you know, becomes parliamentary policy, and then this leads to them actually defeating King Charles the First in what they call the Bishop's that's, Wars. That's the <laughs> I swear to god this is a thing. That's
1: so cool sounding. <laughs> the bishop's wars? Um so King Charles he was the English king.
0: Yes. <clears> throat> right throat> this time they're they're sort of like they're kind of waving this episcopalian flag. You know I'm, what I mean?
1: Don't use such foul language.
0: <laughs> um
1: I'm imagining them on a giant chessboard. Harry yeah. Potter style.
0: <laughs> of course.
1: That's it. That's, That's exactly all what, I'm what happened.
0: <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Beautiful. Um. Yeah. But the, but basically the Scottish win here at first, right? Mm-hmm. And this, Pretty this, basically this collapse of this very delicate structure that they have here.
1: England's starting to lose a little bit of control on people around them.
0: This leads into the English Civil War, the Scottish Civil War, and the Irish Confederate Wars. Jeez. I wrote, It's a pretty damn big deal. Yeah. <laughs> um This is the kind of shit that used to happen like all the time. Like these like holy wars
1: yeah.
0: are like really, really common.
1: This is something that like occasionally people will be like, oh no name, you know, one one war caused by Christians. Or... Which
0: is hilarious. Which
1: is real funny, because you're like, uh, literally, like, a lot of them. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, we're living through some really, really nasty Islamic shit right now. Yeah. But Christians are not blameless throughout history. No. Uh, in fact, it used to, for a while there, just be them duking it out all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and if not that, them alone, then, you know, you know, picking it out with the Jews or the, the you know... Pick it out with the Muslims. just you know. Every
1: religion thinks they're right. And they think they're the only religion that's right. Yeah, Some religions are better at being okay with letting other people have their own thing and not worrying about it. Mm-hmm. Because, well, this is my personal theory, they've always kind of been the underdogs. They mm-hmm. don't necessarily proselytize. They're like, we have our people. We do our thing. We know <laughs> you don't think we're right. We don't care. We don't care if you want to be what we are or not. I'm yeah. thinking of like Jews and like <laughs> Muslim religions. They're like, yeah, I'm not gonna. I've never met a Jew or a Muslim person that was like, "Uh, no, you're you're totally wrong, and you're fucked." Again, you got to be like me.
0: Again, you're in America, you know, and and <laughs> yeah. so like contextually, I think around the globe, it it happens. You know, wherever it there does. is wherever it there does. is a majority and a minority It does. There I do live in a place pressure. that doesn't
1: have a national religion and and it, Not
0: officially anyway. Right. <laughs> not on paper. And
1: uh, you know, freedom of speech is a thing and I am a fairly open minded person and yeah. I'm not a religious person. Yeah. So I felt way more bullied where I am um by Christian people. Mm-hmm. Than I ever have by any other religion. But mm-hmm. Christianity is way more common here.
0: Yeah. And anywhere there's, you know, like I said, a minority and a majority on thoughts like this, there exists pressure. Yeah. They're just It just exists. But by historical standards, I think it's a pretty calm world as far as, you know, religious warfare goes by historical standards. Um and this is kind of just something that I had a occasion to reflect on in here. It wasn't a main point of mine. But now that we're talking about it, just, it does seem like this was this was a particularly nasty time for people trying yeah. to kill each other what, over what they believed. Um, I wrote, it feels really insufficient to skip so far ahead, but I'm going to skip even further because we could be here all night talking about these. Yeah. You know, uh, way down the line, the Covenanters are completely overpowered and run out of power by King Charles II. Second right okay
1: and and also just real quick if this is something you guys want us to talk about in detail at another time or you want to hear more about something we've spoken about shoot us an email
0: yeah
1: and uh,
0: episodes on the yeah it's
1: a goose (laughs) chase podcast at gmail.com
0: yeah
1: or contact us contact us on twitter or facebook and uh, let us know what you want us to talk about, because if this is something you enjoy hearing about, we'd love to talk about it more.
0: I think Holy Wars could be a whole episode in and <clears throat> of itself.
1: I think individual Holy Wars could be a whole episode of themselves, because yeah. there's always a lot of things to consider with this kind of stuff.
0: In this case, it doesn't really end up very well for the Covenanters, right?
1: Okay, and the Covenanters, or the Scots
0: the scottish presbyterians okay trying to maintain their presbyterian belief against the exerted pressure of you know king charles and
1: okay so this was a lot and i'm already getting confused so the <laughs> the presbyterians were denounced or they had denounced the english
0: they denounced the pope the roman catholic church and basically gave the finger to the, the church of england
1: okay so presumably they kind of won the initial battle but now they've run out of steam by
0: King Charles the second yes King Charles II comes along pushes back and, and basically, he's like, yeah, basically yeah we're not wins. done here basically wins Covenanters still exist at this point but they are squashed right yeah. um the there are you know basically King Charles II is cleaning house uh any bishops who won't play ball are removed they're forced out right so now he's replacing the Church of Scotland bishops with friendly, you know, bishops.
1: <laughs> friendly bishop. You know what I mean? The friendly bishop. The friendly
0: bishop. <laughs> who aren't so friendly after all, it seems. Um, the uh, In response to this oppression, the Covenanters, uh, they launch kind of a last hurrah. They have a couple of rebellions. Mm-hmm. They're doing these, they, they're having um, covenancies, they call them, in open fields everywhere. They're having like basically open air rallies and protests.
1: Okay.
0: Um it's between this and and a couple of you know outright rebellions you know out, outright fighting they're trying to push back the last rebellion of these is in 1679 okay right this is when they base it's literally a bunch of people with pitchforks fighting the king's <laughs> army right it's like <laughs> it's almost silly to picture and they're they're also all,
1: like how much of a fucking brave badass do you have to be to just go out with a pitchfork and be like, nope, this is what I believe in. Yeah. It's fucking right. Yeah. Fuck you guys. I'm probably going to die, but I'm going to kill a couple people with a pitchfork first.
0: You're <laughs> taking on knights on steeds right. with a pitchfork <clears throat> because you believe in something.
1: that's. I don't think, I'm going on the record, I don't think I've ever believed in anything that much. Nor <laughs> do I think I will. I just mm-hmm. don't, I'm not made for that.
0: I don't believe in being right that much. Right you know and that's really what it comes down to is this is you have to on some level admire the the commitment
1: yeah and also maybe the fact that i'm not religious that it's like it, it is a foreign concept to me yeah to believe in religion so much yeah that you're willing to risk literally your life literally everything
0: yeah and these people did and they showed it
2: yeah. and
0: and it doesn't again End well because this last big stand here, and this is where we're starting to get towards Greyfriars Kirkyard.
1: Right? You mean pitchforks? Didn't, didn't do
0: it? Didn't do it. Surprisingly. Weird. The this last big stand is the Battle of Bothwell Brig. Uh Brig meaning bridge. Right?
2: Bothwell.
1: Bothwell Bothwell Brig. Bothwell Brig. The Battle of Bothwell Brig! I can yell things <laughs> <laughs> sound like you're gonna hurt yourself. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um the problem with this rebellion, they're out of steam. They're tired. They're yeah. not focused, they're in fighting, they're, they're fed up, they their don't
1: pitchforks aren't sharp anymore. Their
0: pitchforks are all dull and bent funny, and they, they're <laughs> out they're they're they are they are they are they do not have any strategic leaders left. They have yeah. nothing. I mean they're really just a I bunch mean, of I mean their
1: movement was basically done before this. <clears throat> Yes. They're, they're not in a good place. This is like their
0: Braveheart moment, but where it goes bad.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um if Braveheart was a different movie. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, Mel Gibson didn't give that truly inspiring speech.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. And it said they were just quabbling about something instead yeah. of fighting. They were totally unprepared by the, for the retaliation that happened mm-hmm. at Bothwell, um, which ended in complete defeat. 1,200 Covenanter rebels were captured and brought to Edinburgh. Oof. 1,200. Um the time period that follows, I shit you not, is simply called the Killing Time.
1: Oh, God. That's all they called it. Chills.
0: The Killing Time. Mm. It's dark, right?
1: I always kind of thought I wanted to visit Scotland, but do I want to visit a place that has a part of their history that's just called the Killing Time?
0: The Killing Time. <laughs> that's just what it was for, and that's just what they did.
1: I mean, you know, we had the killing time, but it's a really beautiful country.
0: <laughs> yeah, there, there was the killing time, but look, ghosts. Every,
1: seriously, every country has its bad shit.
0: Oh, yeah. Every place. But,
1: everywhere. God, that's chilling.
0: It is chilling. Um, this is where we get into, again, Greyfriars Kirkyard and the, the Black Mausoleum, whose proper name is the Mackenzie Mausoleum, as I mentioned, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: George Mackenzie. Of Rose Rose Roseha, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Roseha comes in. He's he's remembered by history, and this is something that's important to to distinguish. I think history mostly looks back on him, and I read a lot about him from a a bunch of different sources. The primary things people talk about him uh, for being is a lawyer, an essayist, a political writer, and an orator. He's a knight. He's a member of the Scottish Parliament. He is basically the complete image of nobleman,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? The thing is, he's also the minister responsible for the persecution of the Covenanters at this time, oh. and is particularly responsible for the imprisonment of twelve hundred Covenanters in a field near Greyfriars Kirkyard.
1: So he he let the killing he let the killing time happen. He's he was a big part He's of it. Mr. Kill Time. Mr. Killing Time.
0: Yeah. Uh, it becomes difficult with the resources available to me, and this is a place where I feel like my you know, Google degree did not get me as far as I wish it had. Yeah. It becomes difficult, really, to look through records of the time and determine right. what happened beyond kind of hearsay or, We need you know... to
1: go find some, like, real old Scottish microfiche. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, It's just, it's just hard. I mean, you know, because the thing is, again, a lot of what you read about him are his treatises. You know, he wrote Mm -hmm. this, you know, document on the ways in which a neighboring system or a neighboring kingdom's policy may well make its way into our policy. And that was considered really interesting political writing at the time. And (laughs) <laughs> he, wrote de- he wrote defenses of the king of England. You know, uh, you know, uh, sort of a uh, pleaded on his behalf to the people, writing these sort of high-minded.
1: And you're like, dude, you killed a bunch of your countrymen.
0: Yeah, I mean, not in not in brains or in you know stature or anything, but like on some level, his function was very similar to a Thomas Paine. He's like yeah. a thinker. He's a writer. He's an influencer. And that's what people really talk about a lot with regards to him. Mm-hmm. The reality...
1: People, just like the Covenanters picked a side and fought for it... Yeah. He picked a side and did the same thing. But he just fought with his pen and not with the sword.
0: Yeah, and on some level, And then right, he followed through. I think there's some calculation there, too. Yeah. Uh, later, uh, and I didn't talk about this anywhere else, but later there's a point at which, you know, he basically resigns from his fo- post due to the repercussions of some of the positions he had taken. Mm-hmm. and. It seems calculated. It seems like a politician, you know? Yeah, it, well,
1: I mean, he was a politician. <clears throat> he was a politician. Level. Call him anything else, but absolutely.
0: it was very political. I mean, you know, he's a knight of the...
1: You can't pick a side in that conflict and, and have it not be political, not gain or lose something politically. It's yes. just impossible. Yeah. If you're involved, there are all kinds of repercussions and some of them are political and if you're shrewd-minded which it sounds like he was
0: it's you're thinking.
1: thinking about that yes he was definitely into the machinations of that
0: it's hard to tell whether he's totally shrewd and calculating or whether he's a real believer it was actually hard for me to tell
1: and there's no saying he couldn't be both
0: and if you're sufficiently good at your job it should be hard to tell the difference right right um the one thing I read reported and I couldn't confirm was that the twelve hundred covenanters were not the total captured. That actually more were captured, but only twelve hundred were imprisoned. That actually three thousand were captured, leaving eighteen hundred to have been killed, starved, frozen, all these different ways of dying.
1: Jesus. I
0: couldn't confirm it. Mm. I did see claims like this represented elsewhere. I also saw somewhere a claim made that he was responsible for as many as 18,000 of his countrymen's deaths. This would be things that go well beyond the physical location of Greyfriars Kirkyard. Yeah. Again, couldn't confirm it, so I'm really just sticking with this 1,200 number Right. because that's what I can confirm.
1: And that's enough.
0: It is enough. Um, here's, here's what is mostly known. George Mackenzie earns the nickname... Bloody Mackenzie. Yeah. This is a name that sticks to him, and that's not for nothing. Many people are without a doubt killed during this time. Many others are shipped away to the Australian colony, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I. The 18,000 claim was reported on a website called historicmysteries.com, but nowhere else. <clears throat> so I, I just wanted to note that I found it questionable. Um,. It is undisputed that he was responsible for the punishment and oppression of those last survivors of the Covenanters' Rebellion. And the testimonies of some of those people, some who were hanged and executed, put their blood on his hands in their statements.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, he was, he was, you know, he was reported to, what, how, did, how did she say it? Someone referred to him, and I have, I have to actually find it. Um, goodness, see, I'm a little bit out of order here. Uh, oh, never mind, I'm gonna skip it. Uh, but they were they, they refer to him as a basically like a filthy excommunicate or something like that.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, and
0: they and they 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 in their dying statements, put the blame on him.
1: Well yeah, if
0: he's the enforcer.
1: If're yeah, if you're being persecuted and you've been caught and taken in and held captive by your own countrymen, and someone's gonna be the one to follow through and and kill you or not, and you know who that person is. He's making that call. Yeah. Yeah, you put it in their hands. Yeah, <laughs> you put that on their head.
0: It seems. It seems you know.
1: The That's reason, the reason absolutely, going, the reaction that you have.
0: The reason I'm going out of my way to say this now is just again <laughs> because of the contrast that I found in the way his life was reported. Yeah. The fact that that exists and it's just kind of a weird footnote, yeah, really caught me off guard. Mm-hmm. So now on to
2: hauntings, Ooh! Ooh!
0: Uh, <laughs> which is a separate section here. I just want to get into because after Bloody all,
2: McKenzie.
0: this is our spoopy Halloween episode, and Bloody Mackenzie has to be, you know, examined as as the uh, you know a, a ghost story in its own right.
1: You sound like Jon Snow. When you say it. <laughs> yeah. Bloody
0: Mackenzie. Bloody Mackenzie. Um, <laughs> he is laid to rest. He dies uh, in uh, on May 8th, 19, er, 1691. <laughs> um, he's laid to rest in the mausoleum, just yards away from the site of the makeshift prison on the grounds of the churchyard where those 1,200 people were kept.
2: Oof. Right? So yeah.
0: Very, very close. Th- those areas are later absorbed into the churchyard, too. Mm-hmm. They were at the time they were sort of outside the churchyard walls.
1: Yeah, but then you have a lot of dead people and you need more grounds.
0: The walls extend encapsulate those and they become like you know stone and and uh, fence buildings, mausoleum buildings on the site mm-hmm. um, In the intervening years, I mean leading up to you know, I don't know exactly when they stopped saying this, but there was a little children's rhyme that the, the little children of Edinburgh, would would say at the, the gates of the Kirkyard, which is, lift the snick and draw the bar. Bloody McKenzie, come out if you tar.
1: Ooh. Oh, I got chills again.
0: You're right. So, you know, like, unbar the door and, and come out if you dare.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? This is like one of those things, you know, kids creep themselves come out. Come
1: get us, Bloody McKenzie. Yeah,
0: come and get us. Come you know, get us. It's like Bloody Mary, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, Candy man.
0: Yeah. It becomes, that's how... It integrates into the culture years and years after real atrocities pile up there. Yeah. It becomes this kind of legend among. It just becomes a ghost story, kids.
2: yeah.
0: Right, which I think is very interesting. Um,
1: I like that the, those badass Edinburgh kids are like, yeah, you just try to kill us, right in case, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, try and come get, get, me. get us. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's just funny how things get distilled and such gory pasts become something you can make light of and like children talk about this
0: is something i want to touch on later but you're absolutely right and that occurred to me in the research is it's interesting how time changes things yeah um so to get into spoopy stories there are a lot of them about this plot of land um there's even sort of a resurgence of new stories, a new wave of ghost stories around Ooh. here. Here's where it starts. Here's where the new wave of ghost stories start because the old the old stories aren't really recorded anywhere for for me to find you know popularly. Uh, but there's this giant wave of hauntings that starts. Well, I mean, around.
1: traditionally, new waves start in England, right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> in
0: 1998 this story starts going around. And it inspires a whole bunch of more stories. I will tell you the story. It's said that a homeless man broke into the Black Mausoleum, Mackenzie's Mausoleum.
1: Bloody Mackenzie.
0: And ransacked the place. Uh, The the, the story goes that he was looking for shelter or something like that, but while he's in there, he starts looting the place, right? Mm -hmm. He's going around opening caskets and looking around until he reaches Mackenzie's tomb. Mm Mm-hmm. Goes to pry it open, in the process, the floor underneath him gives out.
2: Mm.
0: When he fall, where he falls to is basically an open pit underneath the mausoleum, filled with the remains of plague victims, where Ooh. they had just shoveled bodies under there, because there were so many at mm-hmm. the at the time, they just had to find places to put them. So he falls into a pit of still rotting plague victims. Ugh. He freaks the fuck out understandably. Wait,
1: when when was this?
0: 1998. In
1: nineteen ninety-eight there were bodies of plague victims?
0: This is what the story says.
1: Cause you it just threw me because you said still rotting.
0: Yes. That's what the story said. Okay. Now you're doing exactly what I did, which is go <laughs> this something about this seems weird.
1: I the, know a little bit about human decomposition. <laughs> the,
0: the end of the story is that he basically flees never to be seen again. And the next day, someone walking by sees the mausoleum with the door blown off its hinges. Like like something had blown it out into the middle of the churchyard.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: It has been mentioned already. This has the telltale signs of a bullshit story. All right. The number one being... If the guy fled and was never seen again, how, do, how do we know this? Yeah. It's a really common element of bullshit stories. And
1: also it's like some homeless man. There's no detail. Yeah. Nothing to give it credence.
0: Um but why this story is important is that ever since there have been a rash of people claiming that having been there they had you know haunted or spooky experiences.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I wanna pull this quote. From historicmysteries.com. Hmm.
2: Uh,
0: people reported burns, skin gouges around the neck and abdomen, unexplained bruises, broken fingers, feeling as if one's hair is being pulled. Some visitors have said they were punched or kicked by an invisible attacker. Others talk of feeling nausea or numbness, strange smells or auditory hallucinations, such as wall and floor knocks, all having occurred with multiple witnesses present.
1: Does this place have a gas leak?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Some even claimed the ghost had followed them back home or to a hotel. Now, here's the thing. Yes. Here's here's my thoughts on this. I want to
1: know the thing.
0: And I know I, I would have liked to de- dedicate more time to hauntings. Mm-hmm. But I think that this is the most that I can say on it is that everywhere i went trying to find a specific story i found claims of a lot of stories yeah but very very little in the way of actual like a specific account
1: right can't find one linked to a specific person just like no
0: real names
1: of, it's like urban legend stuff
0: the one i did find was on a guy's blog which was fun um vagabond3.com a guy named Bob, simply Bob, mm-hmm. uh, reported that he found a red half-inch thick scratch on his back, but he found it back at the hotel when he was in the shower, and he had no idea when it got scratched. Okay. That's the most specific story.
1: Right. So it's like it, it could have <laughs> happened anytime, time. Right. But it, it could have been from there.
0: The, the, this claim of over 500 hauntings keeps popping up. For some reason, that over 500 seemed interesting to me, right?
2: Yeah.
0: Is why does why is this, this number keep getting reported? Yeah. Um, when I looked into it a little further, I found, I think this is the telltale marker of, of bullshit in this story.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> there is on site a ghost tour that exists to this to this day. I don't know when they started it. Uh, Run by someone named Jan Andrew Henderson. Uh, It seems to me it's really easy to imagine the incentive for claiming that a place is haunted if you run a ghost haunt on site. Right. So...
1: So you're you're thinking they might have, like, spread these rumors of lots of haunting stories around and it just kept uh, picked up and... Ooh.
2: Ooh, spo- spooky. spooky sounds.
1: It's- oh, it's a skeleton. <laughs> I almost bought a fake skeleton today at work because yeah. it's the day after Halloween, so everything's <laughs> deeply discounted.
0: Yeah. Um, oh, man, get some candy.
1: I can get you some. It's 50% candy. off. Mm. Anyway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so here's where, here's what I think actually happened. I think an urban legend started. I think probably for a long time, people talked about this place being haunted because it's a grave site and it has a gnarly past, right?
1: If ghosts are real, logic would dictate that probably every grave site is haunted.
0: Sure. Yeah, I would. that's where I would look first for ghosts if I yeah. thought that they were real.
2: Yeah.
0: I think that that... Coupled with the fact that when you believe that a place is haunted and you believe that things can be haunted, you're really likely to experience more strange behavior.
1: Well, oh. you're you're willing to chalk things up to mm-hmm. that, to it being a haunting, rather than logically deduce what they could actually be from. Yeah. Can I quickly retell one of my favorite stories I've ever heard? Mm-hmm. Carrie Poppy Yeah.
2: yeah is yeah, someone
1: yeah. I admire greatly. Uh, she does a really great podcast that we've talked about before called Ona, Ross, and Carrie. And she has a really great TED Talk that everyone should watch. You can see it on YouTube. Um, but her story was basically... That's a weird sound. Yeah. Car driven by a plane, maybe? Um, anyway, her story is essentially that she was living in someone's... I want to say like a back house kind of situation. Mm-hmm. And um, they're letting her live there. She's staying there. And she started to feel... These... These weird feelings. Like very anxious. Overwhelming feelings. Mm-hmm. A sense of dread. Feelings of nausea. um, Just... All of a sudden mm-hmm. and not knowing, this. yeah, not knowing what was going on. And even as a pretty logical person, she was like, there was no explanation for this. like, is it I think I'm haunted. And so she did a lot of things. There were I watched the TED talk. for her telling the story and all the details <coughs> I to get into it. But she looked into a lot of things and and tried a lot of things and at one point she went on, A message board about hauntings. And someone on the message board said, "Um, you might have carbon monoxide poisoning and you should really get your house tested because all of the symptoms you're describing, like feeling a pressure on the chest and paranoia and dread and nausea and all of these things are symptoms. And it is one of the (coughs) most frequent logical explanations for hauntings Mm -hmm. so she got her place tested and it absolutely was that so just that's the first thing i think of now whenever i think of hauntings and and wanting to believe because there could be something else going on there could be something life-threatening going on but hey it's more fun to think it's the spooky Um. thing yeah. And B, it's if you believe already, you're just more willing to think it's that. Yeah. It's just how we work.
0: I think so. I think it's a major influencer. And I think all of the symptoms and things that people reported in this particular case, so many of those can be tied to just general fear responses. Right. You're more aware of all your senses when you're frightened because biologically you're made to be. hmm You know, you're ready for something to land on you. Flag you feel flake. something over your shoulder. You're expecting to be stalked, you know? Right. All these are really normal responses to fear. And fear is really easy to generate in a place that is just creepy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I went um, on a
1: ghost hunt once. Yeah. Um, at my college campus.
0: Yeah. I think you told me about
1: this. Um, there
0: were no ghosts. No ghosts. Uh,
1: one possible rat. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: but no ghosts. Possible rat.
0: Um, so I want to I want to get to the conclusion here. Mm-hmm. Um, this this episode took me in a, in a lot of directions. It took me way farther into the past than I expected.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. You know, this is an episode intended to be spoopy for Halloween and get into some ghost stuff. And Kinda I think it kind of
1: just made me sad. <laughs>
0: well, yeah, for me, the irony of this was the ghost stuff was not particularly spoopy to me. I think it's pretty explicable in a lot of ways. I think mm-hmm. having a haunted site is really good for tourism and yeah. for, your, you know, people say running a ghost haunt, you know, thing. Um, so, yeah, I think a lot of that is pretty easily explicable. For me, the really scary thing here isn't Mackenzie the poltergeist or the ghosts, you know, the haunting of that place. It's Mackenzie the man. Yeah, that I think this episode is what scared me the most. And there's something I left out that I want to talk about in a bit here. Um, like I said again, in his Wikipedia entry and in all these different you know sources, they're they're really scarce on the details of his brutalities. We just yeah. kind of know he's responsible. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, even though you Which know, this is
1: a little suspicious.
0: Yeah, but there's I,
1: not more detail.
0: Especially considering that people referred to him specifically and say there's their, their blood is on his hands. You know, with yeah. their dying testimonies. Um, I want to describe this here. This is the last descriptor I want to give him, Mackenzie. This was something from historic mysteries as well, but I thought it was really very telling. Uh, while it wasn't mentioned in any other sources, anything like this wasn't discussed, I think it's a very plausible and a very chilling detail about him. It said They said, and this is their quote, This vile brute was in charge of the Presbyterian Covenanter or prosecution, persecution on behalf of Charles II, and though his everyday life facade was that of a loving husband and father, legal scholar, published author, it's said he wrote the first Scottish novel— and very well read man, the private business of persecution that he conducted on behalf of the king was so well hidden that even his wife never saw this vicious and sadistic side. The persecution was relentless. That's mm. their description of him. Um, and so I guess I wanted to, deal with this spooky episode, to say my takeaway, and what really scared me this episode was how quickly. And you mentioned this earlier, and I'm glad you did. I'm glad you saw what I did in it. How quickly atrocity fades into woeful stories, and then into legends, and then into spooky stories for kids, and then eventually into nothing at all.
1: Yeah. It kind of makes me mad that someone who was awful and sadistic, yeah, but hit it well.
0: Really well.
1: By all means, charismatic and and a good liar.
0: And he made it noble. Right. He served the crown. He did his job.
1: It's all but forgotten. It's all but forgotten. At least, at least 1,200 lives?
0: Mm-hmm. At least. I at mean, least 1,200 lives? Some people say as many as 18,000, a number I was unable to verify. Right. Uh, but he was in so charge of just-
1: I mean, I, I listen to a lot of true crime podcasts, I and we like true crime in general, you and I, mm-hmm. and serial killers come to mind, but I can't think of a truly sadistic serial killer in recent history that once we discovered them for who they were, we kind of like glossed over it and went... Yes. Uh, He was doing it for the right reasons. I mean, (laughs) that's a little bit different. It's different. And and maybe his motivation wasn't exceptionally personal and deviant in the way of like, oh, I just want to chop someone's head off and do whatever. But he did. uh, I don't know exactly what he did, but he did shit. Yeah. And it sounds like from some descriptions, yeah, he relished it. Yeah. So it's just astonishing that that can just be so easily forgotten.
0: And well and I think there's a reason for this. I think you know I think there's a reason that that you know we like to think that we get the histories right and right. that that we correctly put everybody into the right piles of good guys and bad guys. but I don't think that happens. No. Um, I think Absolutely realistically, not. Mackenzie served the English crown.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The English crown won that conflict. They put him in a glorious mausoleum, and if you wait around long enough, the winners are the ones who get to tell the stories,
2: mm-hmm. and the
0: overwhelming memory of him is one of a nobleman, a writer, a gentleman, and a man of service for that reason. And that, I wrote, might be the spoopiest spoop of all.
1: Spoopiest spoop ever just spoop.
0: Pretty spoopy.
1: It's pretty spoopy. <laughs> it's, um, really depressing. <laughs> I know! It's... I, I am for people who don't personally know me and even those who do, I am a person that has like a very defined sense of personal justice
2: mm-hmm.
1: and get very upset when that's violated,
2: yeah,
1: and that's something that just like it hits me in this very deep level that like we can never sometimes some things are so far back in history, we can never really know the right or wrong side. And I think that's a really good point that the victors get to tell the story.
2: Yeah.
1: That's one of their spoils. Yeah. They get to paint the picture and tell everyone what was really going on.
0: Yeah. And, so, the, and the information is there, but just the narrative still.
1: It's it's just sad that the other side of the story isn't equally heard necessarily. Oh. And it's, it's real heavy. It's real heavy topic.
0: Well, that's the thing is, I went I went out in search of a. I went out looking for ghost stories, but I think I found something way creepier
1: and way more interesting. Honestly, ghost stories are fun, Mm. but uh, you know, an examination of of what we really know about the past and ourselves is uh, definitely spookier.
0: So that does it. For Mackenzie's mausoleum, the Black Mausoleum, and the
2: Bloody the, Mackenzie.
0: Bloody Mackenzie. That's uh, like saying that. It's fun to say. Um, so anyway, that's been another episode of Goose Chase. It's been a, a bit of a long one. We're coming up on a half an hour or an hour and a half here. So um,
1: we always go about an hour and a half.
0: Yeah, we we I guess we do. Um, but I really enjoyed this topic. We don't
1: chase that goose.
0: Yes. So again, thank you, Laura, for that that topic. Yes. Really, really cool. (laughs)
1: Thank you, Laura, for the suggestion.
0: Yeah, give me something fun to look into there and uh, and uh, kind of creep myself out.
1: Yeah, I'm glad we did this Mm -hmm. on uh, this very day, the day after Halloween. Yes. All Hallows Eve.
0: All Hallows After Eve.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: All Hallows Day.
1: All Hallows Day. Must be. After Eve,
0: <laughs> <laughs> whatever.
1: I was born on All Souls Day. I know oh, that much. Okay. Because I think my mom got to choose. Interesting. Yeah.
0: They're like right on the line there.
1: Yeah. Well, she was also having a C-section, so oh, okay. they were like, "Do you do you want us to wait a little bit? You could be on All Souls Day, or do you want to? Oh, that's nice. Or maybe it's All Saints Day." And I'm on one of those things. someone <laughs> Catholic tell me?
0: <laughs> uh, don't ask no popes. They're running out of popes. They do no for this. They're running out of popes. Uh, anyways, thank you for listening to this episode of Goose Chase. I had a blast.
1: Um, I'm sad, but I'm a better person for knowing it.
0: Yeah. I feel, you know, know your history. The more, the better.
1: I think it's okay to be affected by history, and I think we should be. Yeah. And it's sad that we don't know more of this stuff.
0: It's sadder Um, to not know.
1: Right. I'm really glad that we got to learn about it. And Mm -hmm. I'm glad that we got to share it with our goslings.
0: So, we will see you again next week. Christy's episode. Different topic. Same place. We don't know what it is yet. We don't know yet. We're going to figure that out.
1: You're doing a real Sean Evans kind of... I
0: am. We're (laughs) going to hit you with this. We're going to hit you with that. (laughs) So, we'll see you next week. Again, on Goose Chase. Uh, Bye-bye. uh, bye
1: bye. You've been listening to Goose Chase. We are Goose Chase podcast on Facebook and Twitter. On Twitter, our handle is at Goose Chase Pod, and our website is www.goosechasepodcast.com. If
0: you have any topics you would like us to research, please email us at goosechasepodcast at gmail.com.
1: Want to go on a goose chase?
0: Yes.